Welcome everybody to the Independent Broker Podcast, where we interview independent real estate brokers from all around the country. And today we have Cindy with us, Cindy Berkheim, Breckheimer, sorry. Uh, welcome okay. to the show, Cindy. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Awesome. This is fantastic. We just launched this podcast. This is probably going to be in the first five episodes. So we're feeling our way through, but we're trying to give everybody a feel of who you are, how your brokerage look like, what was your journey into real estate? So if you can just give us like a high level, kind of what's your story, right? How did All we right. get here? Yeah. So my story is definitely probably a little different than most people. I got my license in 2011. I was a full-time high school health teacher, and I just wanted to figure out a way to make extra money on the side. And as we all know, it is very hard to just jump in and think you're going to make money. So I kept my license, but I didn't really do much activity until, I want to say, 2013. So I just had my license and wasn't really doing very much. And back then, you didn't have to even sell any homes to get your broker's license. And they have changed that in my state. But at the time, they didn't. I had been having a small independent broker hold my license. And I just was like, you know what? I could do this on my own. And even though I hadn't sold very many houses, maybe two at the time. So I went and got my broker's license. And I pretty much taught myself everything. I had never worked for a big company I had never had all these transactions and it was very interesting. And um, actually within a couple of years, I would say 2015, I had my first agent come work with me who was one of my buyers and I've built up since then, but I was also teaching all the way through 2018. Okay. So I did both for a very long time and now I'm just finally full-time doing this. And I really love it. Awesome. You mentioned your state. Where are you from exactly? I'm in Connecticut. Connecticut. Awesome. In 2015, you said you got your first agent come on board. Uh, where are we today? How many so agents? Right now, I have five agents that work for me. I have staff with a marketing person and an assistant that runs kind of everything. And I also have a who does all of the lead gen calls for everybody. Okay. And then... Is that like a team model or is that independent broker agent? How do you run your show? So it's definitely independent agent, but with the, a team isn't going to be the right word here because team means something else in real estate, but basically so much collaboration. We meet once a week. We help each other constantly. We cover for each other. We have just a really good group of people who just love and care about each other. And we support each other completely and really help feed off each other. And it's really, I'm very lucky to have such wonderful people to work with. That's great. You started at 2011, which was pretty, it was just getting out of the dip, but still yeah. wasn't very pretty. Right. No, so, yeah. so that's great. You have that experience, especially as we're heading into a shift in market and yeah. that's going to bring a lot of experience from you to your, your agents and your market. Definitely. Now, you mentioned you have a five people on your group plus an ISA. Is your ISA licensed? She is not, no. So she just does all the calls and then hands them off roundtable to the other agents. Okay. So she's on the receiving end, right? She gets all the inbound stuff? Yep, absolutely. Okay. Understood. 
And then what does production look like in 2022? We're recording this at the beginning of 2023. How did 2022 look like? There, in Connecticut, house prices are fairly high, especially in the area that I live in. I think it's different indication of everything. Like most of the agents do at least a million in sales, if not more, but the company, and honestly, a lot of it was myself because I'm still producing at this point, was about 14 million. Okay. You answered my next question, if you're in production. So it sounds like yes. you're still in production. Do you have yes. any plans of stepping out of production? Or? Yeah, yes, that is my main goal. I've always ran the company based on just worrying about my own production, but wanting to help everybody. I'm not a very pushy person. So a lot of the people who work with me are very part-time and they're very happy with that, but it wasn't anything sustainable to be able to feed my family. I've always just focused on selling my houses and supporting them with whatever they were willing to do and wanting to do, but it was not, it's never been something where I could step aside and live off of that. That is my goal for this year is to start stepping back, to hire a lot of new agents so that can start to focus into me stepping back, being able to do more teaching because as I said, I taught for 12 years. I love teaching. I would love to help people build their brand and get moving. And it would be so exciting for me to watch people really come in and do amazing. So that's my goal for this year is to start that shift on stepping back and building up more agents. But it's going to be a, it has to be a slow transition so that I can still pay my bills. Of course. Yeah. So that really leads us to the next kind of conversation of recruiting. And that's a subject everybody's interested in. So what have you done so far and what are the plans for 2023? As you mentioned, you want to grow that aspect of your brokerage. So what's your plans of growing it? So let's start with what you've done so far and what you plan on. I've never recruited before. I know that sounds crazy. Up until three months ago, I never worked on recruiting. Who works for me came to me on their own, which I think is really lovely. I have a really good reputation in the community. I do a lot of community work and uh, I, I think just my passion and love for this has drawn people to come and want to work with me. But I also would like to start focusing more on recruiting. So I've been pouring through who would be good fits and meeting with people. It's really important for me to maintain the culture that I've built here and find really people who are hardworking, but also care so much more about the clients than themselves in a way that it's not just about the money. We're all here to make money, but we're also here to make sure that our clients are really happy and satisfied. And if it takes showing them 30 houses, we're going to do it versus pushing them into a house that they don't like. I'm Taking it slow right now, doing a lot of one-on-one -on -one interviews with people that I've worked with before that I feel would be a good fit for me. The other thing that I am doing though, which is a totally separate section of what I'm looking forward to doing is bringing my teaching into it by getting people straight out of real estate school. That's not something most people like to do. The newer agents take a lot more time, but I'm excited to get somebody fresh who's excited to do this. And the way that I'm planning to do that is... I'm going to be like hiring them part-time to cover for the other agents because another focus that I have is really working on promoting that life work balance for the people that I work with. It's so important to me as a mother with my family that I have time for my children. So it's something where we're going to provide coverage for people at no cost to them 
which will also be incorporating the training for the newer agents. My hope is to have that kind of cycle through. And once they feel ready to go on their own, they can move themselves out. And so those are my two big ideas and I'll be working on it. And my goal is to have everything up and running by September. Oh, that's great. More of an internship kind of thing. When you come yes. here, you pay your dues, basically, but yeah. the coverage. And when you graduate from that program, somebody yeah. else will cover for you because there will be a new intern coming in. Absolutely. And it would be a paid internship. Obviously, nothing crazy, but something where, you know, a lot of new agents have no money coming in and it's a scary time for them. So this gives them kind of a set amount to expect and be able to figure out and put towards marketing or pay their bills. And again, like you said, giving them that experience that you just don't get in real estate school. You need the experience for sure. So yeah, I'm hoping to provide a culture where everyone feels like they're part of the team, but not a team model. Yeah, that makes sense. You mentioned you're a teacher by, by passion, right? Yeah. Uh, one, of, one of the things that we've come up with for recruiting this year is we specialize as brokers. We specialize in working with investors. Uh, yeah. We have a residential side of things and we have a commercial side of things. But for the residential side of things, we decided that we're going to launch a real estate investing for realtor kind of class. Which sounds very cool. Which will we'll put online as well, so everybody from anywhere around the country can access it because real estate investing is real estate investing, right? Yeah. But we're also going to have in-person classes here in in our area in our metro, which hopefully will draw to us the kind of agents that want to work with investors and want to be investors themselves, which will fit better with our agency. So like using that class as a recruiting tool. Absolutely. I think that's a great idea. I've looked into doing teaching CE type credits, but something that would be a little bit more focused on the people that I'm looking to recruit. So I think that's a wonderful idea. So how's your commission structure look like? I'm guessing your ISA and you mentioned paid internship. These are salaried people, right? Yeah. I mean, they to an extent. Yes. Yeah. And then your agents, what's your commission structure? So I start everybody at 70% here, although your first two transactions are lower because I'm going to be working one-on-one with you just to make sure. But then they just step up as their production increases. So all the way up to nine, all the way up to 90%. Okay. And do they have a cap? Nope. And are those thresholds reset every year? It's based off of You'll get that same for the next year, as long as you maintain it. Got it. So if I lock the 90% this year, I'm starting next year at 90%. And if I don't make that tier, then in 2025, I'll go back to 70 or whatever the first Or whatever you, yes, absolutely. But I don't have any, I don't have any fees. So the only fee that they pay is the errors and emissions. There's no other fees. So even they have access to all of those people without any extra fees. Yeah. Okay. That's great. I, I'm, I haven't seen anybody do it this way. It's definitely a little bit it's interesting. very different. Yeah. Are you, so far you haven't had a chance to really do heavy recruiting, but the people you started interviewing with, have you ever gotten any pushback with Keller Williams caps at 25 or $26,000 or EXP caps at yeah. 20? In my, yeah. In this area, there's hardly any companies that cap. So that is, is 
also beneficial for me because there's not, I'm not competing against that. But the, the thing that's just recently happened in here, because it's a very expensive area to live in, is they're actually paying people these huge signing bonuses at the big companies, like $30,000 to wow. sign on. So I can't compete with that. So, Brokerage will pay $30,000 sign on? Yes. Yes. The big companies. If there's no cap and if it's a high, high production kind of agent, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if, if you're selling my com- $20, $30 million a year yeah. and I don't cap you, yeah, I can see yeah. that method working. It and, does, and, yeah. And that's why I like talking to people from other states. It's kind of like every state is different. Yes, everybody absolutely. have their own rules. Everybody has their own kind of markets and the way everything is behaving. So definitely interesting. Let's talk a little bit about lead generation. That's okay. marketing in general, lead generation. What do you do in your brokerage? What do you offer your agents? Do you offer any uh, leads for your agents? Yeah. I'm guessing yes, because you have an ISA, right? Yeah. Uh, how does that look like in, in your brokerage? So right now I have, I use Boomtown, which uses Google ads. So everything gets funneled through there. Then the ISA grabs it warms up all the leads and sends them out to the other agents. And then there's a 25% back to the company for any leads that close. And that's on top of their split. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And let's talk about that for a second. What is your monthly spend? What kind of leads do you see? What conversion rates come out of it? I probably spend about 2000 a month on leads. Conversion-wise, it's very similar to the averages. It's, it takes a lot to get those people, but like... The, how many leads does your ISA handle? Roughly, I don't need the exact number, she calls right? 50, she calls 50 people a day. From, those, from that $2,000? Yes. That's, so you get $1,500 leads Yeah, she definitely goes back through and calls the people who have checked back into the website who have so it's, it definitely is good as far as making sure that the leads that have been on the system for longer don't get forgotten about so she goes through and has a system for dealing with that and she was actually trained by an ISA company that I hired her through. Gotcha. So just going to try to circle back to how many new leads a month do you get for $2,000? Roughly. I don't know. I totally, I used to know this, but I have totally stepped so far away from that because I'm like somebody who deals with this now to deal with this. So I have a marketing person who makes adjustments for it. Okay. Uh, and she knows this is the conversion rate that I'm hoping for, which is small like we know that it's not going to be big yes absolutely so she knows and then she'll make adjustments and her and I actually both got certified together to be digital marketing specialists so we both got the certification so we work together on making sure that we're using the proper keywords and that we're going in and making sure that our campaigns through google are hitting the most people and making adjustments as we go but yeah she handles a lot of that for me which is very nice That's great. So I totally understand delegating, but yes, understanding yeah. where the numbers are is important. It um, is. It definitely is. I'm definitely probably more between two and 5%, depending on the month, which is pretty average. I also, we have a really big presence just in this area, not necessarily number wise on Instagram and Facebook. So I get a lot of leads from there also just very naturally. So that's very helpful too. And she handles that 
entirely, including like commenting and sending them off to people. So I have delegated a lot to make sure that I have a good life work balance. And my goal is to be able to do that for everyone else as well. Like I, they're the people who work for me are prepared to be doing everything they're doing for other people as well. So it's set up in a way to help everyone have that work-life balance that is very hard to obtain. Yes, especially in our business, right? Because yes, it's nights, weekends, holidays. So. Absolutely. Yes, 24 hours. <laughs> okay, do you do, and you kind of answered, but it sounds, I just want to sharpen that question. Um, do you do any marketing that is not lead specific? So not to generate specific leads for right now, somebody wants to buy or sell, but more towards brand awareness and increasing, as everybody knows, forever homes, right? I see the sign behind you. Yeah. So I would say I have a completely different approach from most people. And I think it's worked out really well. And it just happened to hit my personal passion points, which is volunteer work and community. And I sponsor like every community event and I am at everything and I'm on every board in town. So I, I really have just thrown myself into what I love and am passionate about, which is helping other people. And through that, it's brought a lot of brand awareness to the company because we sponsor a lot of things. (laughs) So I use marketing money for sponsorships. Absolutely. That sounds awesome. Can you give us a few examples? Yeah. Like for example, like a touch a truck, I always have sponsor a truck there and I have a table and I get to meet a thousand people walking through and they stop and they get something from the table. And I've just kind of thrown myself into actually face-to-face meeting thousands of people. And I think that's made a huge difference. So do touch a truck, sponsor like little league teams, the pride fest in town. I'm actually the president of his, just that kind of stuff. And just sponsoring any community events that I can to help bring awareness, but also things that I'm passionate about that I like to be involved in. So it's been really helpful as far as getting my name out there, the company, but also being able to have the time to do the things that I really love and give back as much as I can. And one of the things that we train our agents is to realize that you're not competing against that other agent or that other agent. You're competing against anonymity, basically, versus obscurity. So everything we can do to increase the brand recognition and Mm -hmm. everything they can do to increase their their personal brand is what's going to make that happen. When somebody's ready to buy or sell, everybody can pop up into their head, three, four agents, maybe five. Your job is to find a way to squeeze into that five and then earn your way to number one. Absolutely. But until you get into the five, this is where you put most of your effort of marketing and branding and absolutely uh, social media and benches and we have billboards right whatever yeah, it absolutely. Yeah, yeah no it's good and i think doing it this way has built up my referral network in a way that i don't think i would have ever had by just focusing on farming a neighborhood it is Everyone in town and beyond knows who i am knows the company knows i've done a lot yeah. And it's been wonderful and it feels very genuine and not salesy. So it's been, I really love it. It's been my 
it's totally different. I know that most people do, but it just fits my personality. And I'm really happy with the way that it's worked out. One of the greatest thing about real estate that I love, and it doesn't matter if it's the real estate brokerage side or the real estate investing side, is that it opens up the door to so many different ways to do the same thing. Yeah. I, I always say there's more than nine ways to skin this cat. And, and it's just what works for you. And it might not be transferable for another market or another team right. or not even another person because you make it work. Maybe it's just because you are sitting at that table, seeing a thousand people generates the leads, or maybe it's just a good idea for any person to do that, something like this. A lot of what we do is trial and error, right? To try to figure out what works for us, what works for our audience, what works for our market. And um, so it sounds like you're on a lot of social media with all your agents. Is there any specific channels that you're focusing on or yeah. channels that you're intentionally not focusing on? So I do look, it's fairly easy for me because I'm older. <laughs> so I was, I had, when I had hired somebody to help with marketing, the focus was a lot more on Instagram because I wasn't even on Instagram at the time. So I was like, I need somebody who knows Instagram, who can work with this. And so I focused a lot on Instagram, which kind of just, I felt covered several different age demographics through social media. Yeah. And I'm hoping to expand on YouTube. That was my summer, my, my summer fall goal that kind of got a little pushed to the side, but that's definitely where I want to focus on next is really getting YouTube going because like you said in your last interview, it's a search engine. So it is a really important way to get in front of people. And I have YouTube, but I haven't focused on it as much as I would like to. So definitely YouTube. Google is where everything is at. Yeah, and they own YouTube. And half of the first page of any search query you do on Google is video results. Exactly. Yeah. So video is king. I, I find... I'm looking at all the younger crowds out there, whether it's sales or Gen Z, and they're just stuck to their screens. And nine times out of 10, there's a video playing. It's, they're not scrolling like us, the old guys. I'm sorry. Oh, I hear you. Uh, scrolling through <laughs> Facebook or LinkedIn or even Twitter, the, yeah. they need video content. And even they Facebook do. would prioritize video content over anything else. So, yeah. But I generating all the video content because you can... Take a single piece of content and then multiple, repurpose it into eight, nine, 10, 15 different pieces of content, especially if you Absolutely. record long form, then you can cut clips out of that long form and you can transcribe the long form and then you can create a blog post out of it and a few tweets. And there's yeah. just so many different ways to do things. Absolutely. Um, are you guys, or do you have any plans on going into TikTok? I'm working myself up to that one. It is hard. I know that it's, I think I can do it, <laughs> but it is, it feels, I want to find a way to be myself and feel genuine and not gimmicky, but also not boring. Like, you know, honestly, I don't, personally, I don't take too much attention into boring or not boring. Yeah, because the algorithms of all those software companies, doesn't matter if it's TikTok or Facebook or LinkedIn or Instagram or Twitter, they find a way to match you with the right audience. So instead yeah. of me putting out there and trying to be talking to everybody, right. I, I'm going to talk to who I am and I'm going to talk to who my perfect person, my perfect client would be. And then 
I will trust the algorithm to find these people and deliver my content to them. That is very smart. I'm going to follow your lead. Here's what I, but it's a two-edged sword, right? So I tell my agent, you can't confuse the algorithm. And that is super critical. So the very first conversation we have with any agent that we onboard is what's your brand? Mm -hmm. And I'm a big Tom Ferry fan. So when I'm saying what I'm going to say right now, you're going to, you're going to say, oh, Tom Ferry said that. Then yes, Tom Ferry also believe in R&D, rip off and duplicate. So I'm on all about that. So the first thing we do is what's your brand? Who do you want to be? Do you want to be the queen of city X? Do you want to be the king of zip code Y? Do you want to be the master of short-term rentals? Or do you want to be the 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 archbishop of, of investors, <laughs> it doesn't matter what your brand is. You just got to pick a brand. And then you're going to ask yourself three questions. Who is my audience? Right? Build an avatar. Is it John and Sally in their 40s with kids that are about to go to college? Is it John and Jane that are in their 20s getting ready for their first kid? Is it, I don't know, Kevin that is divorced and doesn't have any kids? Who's your audience? And once you realize who your audience is, then you ask yourself question number two is where do they live? And the question where do they live is not they live in city X or they live in neighborhood Y is where can I engage them? Is it the kind of person that the kind of crowd that's going to be on TikTok or are they going to be on LinkedIn? Are they going to be at the golf club or are they going to be at, at the charity event or at the little league field? So Who's your audience? Where do they live? And the last very critical question is, what's their language? And this is very critical because, like I said earlier, we're focusing on investors. So if you look at our yeah. post, they will talk about cash on cash, return on investment, financial kind of consideration. You're not going to see me put a post out there that says anything with the words home, family, memories, pool, kids because that's not my audience one of the biggest thing agents have is oh i can do this and i can do this and i can do an investor and i can do a home buyer and i can do a warehouse and a retail store and yes you can but if you don't focus if you're going to put a post on one of all of these things any given day then the algorithm will lose you yep because the algorithm needs to make a decision do i put your post which is one out of seven different subjects in front of my customer? Or do I put the agent that always talk with the same language and that customer is looking for that language? Yep. And you can't confuse the algorithms. They're too smart, but they get confused really easily. So right. I tell my agent, figure out your brand. And with your brand, you'll have your language, your terminology and stick to it. It's very good advice. Let's talk technology for a second, right? You mentioned you have an ISA and she's got all these tools that she's working. Do you have a CRM that everybody's using? Yeah, so I use Boomtown, which is a website and a CRM. Okay, so everybody's using, all your agents are going through Boomtown? Yes, yeah, definitely. I also use Monday.com to task manage everything. So that's the other one that I use. That's pretty big. And I use Dotloop. I was about to ask about your transaction coordination. Yes. yes. Uh, what about websites or is that all through Boomtown or do you have it your is. platform? Yeah. The website is all through Boomtown, which I don't know is a good or bad thing at the moment, but for now that's 
that's what we've been sticking with. It's been working well, but yeah, no, right now it's through Boomtown. So should I switch? I would have to recreate the website again. Okay. And do you have any tools you use for communicating with the group app or Slack or any other of those? Yeah. So I use Slack, but we also use Google Suite. So that's the other one. G Suite. Okay. Yep. Any other tools, apps, anything cool that you guys are using? I actually just signed up for something like a month ago and I'm working on getting it set up, but I don't know that I love it enough yet to promote it, <laughs> but it's a platform for, for education essentially to set everything up. So it's in one place so that when someone has a question, it's there and there's my recording of what we're supposed to be doing. I, that's why I love these conversations. They're naturally flowing to the next section, right? So yes. <laughs> let's talk education, right? What do you do for yes. training and educating and a little bit of compliance that has to be in there as well? Absolutely. Is it more one-on-one? -on -one? Do you do group training? Do you do any training? Yeah. So once a week we have a meeting, which also includes a training portion of it, but I, I was primarily just doing one-on-one -on -one weekly training with each individual agent. And similar to what the other woman was saying, you realize that's not sustainable on a long-term basis and that there is the opportunity for them to go on at two in the morning and read about something. That was where I found that I would still like to do the one-on-one -on -one coaching, but I think that there is a better method of having the information all in one place so that if there is a question that they have an immediate access, even if it's two in the morning. Yeah. So for me, I think it's important to have a combination of. Yeah. Um, it can't be just the video thing because no. that's Keller Williams, that's EXP, that's mm -hmm. Remax. And that's mm -hmm. one of my pitch point as, a, as an independent broker is that I'm not going to throw you at a website and you'll be all your own trying to figure out what to learn when and how. Absolutely. So I think technology is great. I think I find myself say the same thing over and over. So when I do, I will record a video. Yep. Uh, and then me personally, nothing that we do is NASA rocket science kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah. I actually publish a lot of our training online on our YouTube channel. That's great. And, and Probably another wonderful recruiting tool. I was about to say that. Is that for me, it's like it's a potential recruiting tool. So I'm yep. going to put it out there. And if somebody in my market is going to find it and say, huh, okay, I like the way he teaches. I'm going to go talk to him. Then great. And if not, then it's in a place where my agents can always find it. Absolutely. No, I think that's wonderful. And the one-on-one -on -one coaching also just helps them know that there's a buy-in from you and that we are in this together. And it helps build loyalty. It helps build open communication where if something were to, something happens, they know that you have their back and that yep. they can call you and ask you a question. Uh, so it just shows that you're there for them if you need them. And they're not afraid to ask you a question, which I think is so important. You'd rather they come to you than be afraid and make a mistake. So I have, I've had agents who are working with other companies know that I'm someone that they could call if they have a question and they don't feel comfortable even asking their own broker the question. So I've had that happen several times. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And even for us as brokers, from a liability perspective, we want them to come ask the question yes. and to make a decision that will get us in trouble later. Absolutely. Please come to me. Please know <laughs> that we have open yeah. communication and I will help you through a problem. Don't let it get too big before you come to me and we can figure it out together. 
Yeah. And experience has a lot to it, right? You've been around, like I said earlier at the beginning of the podcast, you've been around since 2011. You've seen messy transactions. You've seen houses on the market for a year. You've seen dealing with foreclosed properties or short sales and and so on. Most of the agents around don't have that experience. They haven't Uh been around. If you look, just looking at statistics alone, about 10% of the agents out there have been around in 2009. Everybody else are not. Yeah. So there, there are just a few of us out there. <laughs> and, <Yes. laughs> and new agents should take advantage of that. I want to be conscious of your time. So we're going to move into the conversation, the question that we ask everybody at okay. the podcast. And that is, what did you find to be the hardest thing about it, being independent? I would say the hardest thing at first was even just gaining enough self-confidence in myself to go out and feel like I knew I was just as good as the big brokers and having a way to communicate that to clients and to agents and feeling very comfortable in being out on my own and the successes bring more confidence, but it's definitely, was a hard thing to at first feel like I could compete with the big companies. And now I've, fully believe that completely. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you have unique circumstances because you went independent without being a top producer first. So a lot of the the independent brokers out there used to be top producers or team leads, and then they switched over to be a broker. Our story is very similar to yours. We went independent before we were top producers, but it was a conscious decision that we want to be our own master of our own domains, right? Yes. We, we wanted to control our environment and not be tied to somebody else and somebody else's decisions. Absolutely. And then that is the best part of it is that you are not tied to someone else. You're not a number. You're not sale. You're not like forced to be, you have to do this much or you have to do that much. And under someone else's creativity. You can be as creative as you want to, and you can make out of it what you put into it. And it's exciting and fun. And it's the possibilities are endless. And I do love the fact that there's just, I don't feel in competition with anybody. I feel like I get to, there's enough business to go around for everybody. And I think that's a really important aspect is to know that there's enough business for everybody and stay true to yourself and you'll do very well. Yeah, I love that. It's the abundant mindset, right? I tell my agents, there's enough transactions out there. Don't look at the other side as your competitor because you might have a listing and they'll bring the buyer to help you sell your listing. And the other way around, they might have a listing that your buyer is desperately looking for and they were the ones that found it and brought it to the market. So always look at them as a potential partner, not as a competition. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's a lot of agents out there that have a scarcity mindset and they're looking at everything as competition and it's not a good thing. Um, It comes back and it bites you a little bit later on because when we had a crazy market like we had in the last three years, then you don't need anybody. You got a listing, you stick a sign on the yard and by the time you're in the car, there's 25 offers waiting for you. But in times like we had back then, wait, 9, 10, 11, even 12, Uh, You needed the other side to make a transaction happen. You needed agents to bring clients and do showings in your house, in your listings. You needed listing agents to let you 
do a show and you needed all that. And I think we're coming to a point where our industry is changing, our market is changing, and we're going to see a massive drop off just because of all these people that didn't build those relationships are going to be left outside in the cold. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Building relationships with the other agents in your market is just as important. I think that's really important. I try to, not even as a recruiting tool, just to get, get to know as many different ages as possible. I try to have coffee with them as much as possible. And I'm very good friends with many of the agents in our market. So it's very helpful and feel a collaborative approach with all of them versus a competition. Yeah, absolutely. You met a young agent out there or even a veteran agent out there that would like to take his first step and turn independent. What would be your best advice for you, for him or her? I think the hardest thing for a lot of people in real estate in general is the aspect that you have to spend money to make money and you have to be willing to try different things and really be able to shift and to make changes as the market changes. And like you said, it, I've just listened to your podcast. So now I feel like I keep talking about it just before I came here. But yeah, there's always going to be people buying and selling houses. It's always going to be happening and there is a need for you and you need to feel confident that you are the best person for that. And having those things together, I think it's the best to be out on your own and it's very exciting. Awesome. You can do it. Awesome. You can do it. <laughs> you can do it. It's like one of the Adam Sandler movies. You can do it. <laughs> yes. yes. Awesome. Yeah. If our listeners, our audience are looking to reach out to you, whether it's an agent that want to join or it's another broker that want to talk shop, how can they find you? So I am on Instagram at Cindy Forever Homes, Forever Homes Real Estate on Facebook and on Twitter, all over the place, but they can also call me. <laughs> awesome. We'll we'll keep my sure phone number. Put, yes. <laughs> we'll make sure we'll put all those links in the, the show notes and whatever contact details you want to leave. The thing about us in our business, our numbers out there. You want to find our numbers, not that hard. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. And be don't be afraid to ask other people for help. There's a lot of people out there who are willing to help and talk and want to see you succeed as well. well Reach this, out to me. <laughs> this podcast is proof for that, right? I thought Absolutely. I thought everybody's going to be closed up and be not willing to share, but it, I it was overwhelming to see how many people were willing to jump in and get on the interviewing schedule. Here's a call out to the audience. If you're an independent broker and we haven't booked you on our show just yet, reach out to us. Just, just click on the reach out to us on any of the show notes and we'll be happy to book you and talk to you and let you share your story. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was really wonderful. And I am excited to see all of the episodes. Pleasure was all mine. Thank you so much, Cindy. And for you, the audience, we are a new podcast. So I would really appreciate if you can give us a subscribe, any review that you think were worth one star, five star, anything will be appreciative and we'll take any feedback you have. Thank you so much. And we'll see you in the next show.